Previously on Quantum Kickflip. I want you to take a sample of this directly to the candy lab. If we can convince Mr. Wilkie to make this a part of their product line, that's going to mean so much more to Lansden. Logic binders. Why aren't they wearing logic binders? And your fingers go into a roller for a sec and you tug them out and they are just like two dimensional flat and you like pinch at them a little bit and like manage to get them back into finger shape. Uh, the space-time ampimeter, Trev4, in your Realmware lens pings. There is a one-way portal out of here. Do I know, like whereabouts is it? It's in one of the vats. It's in one of the vats. Carcinokin, data surge to Arthrokin. <laughs> And we see that his shape in that cerulean globe grow larger and larger to sort of like horse-sized. And and we see in front of them uh, Arthurkin, who is like a large uh, sort of lobster centaur-ish kind of thing. You feel Trev's arms start to stretch. (laughs) You both hear a crack. And Maeve and Helix, you're each now holding one of Trev's arms because they've broken off like brittle candy. (laughs) Oh, no. Meanwhile, Brinley, you are riding up towards the office. With a ding, the doors open, and from the other side, in the depths of this office, you hear, Welcome, Sugar Plum. I have been waiting for you. And welcome back to another episode of Quantum Kickflip. My name is Lena. I am your host and your slugmaster. And with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole world. And they're going to introduce themselves to you now. You're all in a candy dimension. And last time I asked you what your favorite candy was. Now I want to know, what is your least favorite candy? Is raisins a candy? (laughs) (laughs) Nature's candy. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder it's so bad. (laughs) Because it came from nature. I guess I'm introducing myself. My name's Michael. Uh, I'm here playing Walton Wick, the chill playbook with the robot companion. Uh, And as stated, I don't like a raisin. Who took all the good stuff out of a grape? (laughs) Fuck (laughs) them. Hello, I am uh, Liam, and I play Helix Pinnacle, the smarts playbook with the hard light board. And uh, I'll be honest, gang, this isn't going to win me any friends. I hate gum, uh, and I hate chewing gum, and I hate people chewing gum. Mostly, I hate other people chewing gum. I work in customer service mostly, and I hate people chewing gum. Please close your mouth. Please. (laughs) It was the best part of masks. It wasn't even the not getting COVID. It was not having to see people chew gum. (laughs) 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 My name is Robin Slack. I play Maybelline Zandross, the Grit Playbook with the Photonic Jacket. And I don't have a specific least favorite candy. It's just anything uh, artificially watermelon flavored. I don't even particularly like natural watermelon flavor that much. I think watermelons are pretty overrated. But boy, something about the artificial process they use to try and recreate that flavor is uh, just just the worst. (laughs) Just the absolute worst. Uh, my name is David Ray, and I play uh, Trev Four, who is the Heart Playbook and has the Hyper Optic Visor. 
And my uh, least favorite candy, I'm not, I feel that this is a uh, a basic bitch answer, and I'm going to say licorice. <laughs> uh, like, n- like, I'm talking about, like, specifically those licorices that are, like, the weird pink and blue and, oh, like, the, like, all sorts. Oh, licorice all sorts, baby. Uh, I don't get it. It, t- it tastes like soy sauce, the candy, and... <laughs> <laughs> Unhinged take. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) I'm Glenna. I play Brinley Zerk. She is the Guts playbook. She uses the Gravity Blaster as a gauntlet on her hand. And I also don't like black licorice. I specifically don't like black licorice flavored jelly beans because your brain is like, this is going to be grape. And then your mouth is like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Licorice is the liar's grape. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And as I said, my name is Lena. I am your host. And uh, I alluded to this a little bit in the last episode uh, when Helix and Maeve had uh, mushrooms that had that weird spongy marshmallow texture. You know those like marshmallow strawberries or bananas? Uh, Bad. Worst of both worlds. Disservice to fruit. Disservice to marshmallows. Probably has gelatin in it. I'm vegetarian. How could you do this to me? Not that it matters because those taste like butts. Anyway, y'all are in a place where all candy is good and everyone loves it and it's all super sweet. And Brinley Zerk is about to make this delivery to Mr. Wilkie himself. You have been up to some shenanigans in the dimension, in the factory, with the good employees of Wilkie's candy establishment. And uh, we need to resolve all of this and finish this delivery. So let's do just that. Let's play some Slug Blaster. Yeah. yeah. Brinley Zerk, you step into the wide circular office of Mr. Wilkie at the very top of the sphere-shaped factory. Paisley patterned clouds are visible through the domed ceiling, and a rainbow colored moat of panic energy drink swirls lazily around the room. A giant version of the Wilkie's W logo is emblazoned on the center of the floor. Across from you is a desk, made up of an abstract taffy base and a big slab of hard candy. This desk is flanked by chairs with big lollipop backs, and sitting in one of these chairs facing you is none other than Mr. Wilkie himself. Mr. Wilkie is not operablin. Mr. Wilkie is not Nullite, Popularian, Thenespartian, or any other type of creature that you have seen before. He looks like he might be trying to emulate the appearance of an operablin, but his eyes are too small and round, his grin is too wide and unmoving, and the fuchsia tone of his skin is far too saturated. He is short and squat, shaped kind of like a pear, and he is wearing a suit that is extremely ill-fitting. Somehow, he looks like he simultaneously squeezed into it and is swimming in it. (laughs) He grins at you and speaks. As he does, his mouth does not move, and it feels like the sound is coming a little bit from everywhere, instead of sourced directly from him. Welcome, Sugar Plum. (laughs) I've been expecting you. Oh, you have? Awesome. Then you, you must know that I'm here to deliver something to you. Ooh, a present for me. 
<laughs> Mr. Wilkie? Yeah, that's right. I was told to deliver it directly to Mr. Wilkie himself, uh, courtesy of Lansden Tower. I do not know this, Lansden. But if you are from Lansden, and you visit me, and you bring me a gift, Lansden must be very sweet indeed. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I know you already have relations with, with Kindred and with Webb, so Lansden kind of wanted to join the party too. Here, 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 here. Uh, and she digs in her bag or her pockets or however she's been transporting this child. Not pockets. That's a bad idea. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> and pulls out the cloth covered uh, brown semi sweet and like kind of just stares at this creature in front of her <laughs> and looks at the ground and just like, oh, like step toward the desk, hands outstretched. <laughs> do, do you do you eat? <laughs> as you as you walk forward, hands outstretched, this uh, delivery, this gift in your hands, uh, Mr. Wilkie kind of like straightens up and then just keeps straightening. Uh, and now he's not like kind of round and pear-shaped. He's more like tall and lean. Uh, like he's just like this sort of jelly shape-shifting sort of creature. So now he's just like this long, thin guy and as you hold it out and ask if he eats um his his mouth opens in that his teeth part and a big long tongue comes out and is like wriggling in your direction wait like the teeth part like his jaw doesn't move but the teeth just slide out of the whole the space or like if he had a jaw it would move but you realize he's kind of formless. Like, he's wearing a suit, but the sleeves extend really long, so you can't see his arms, if he has arms, or how he's filling the sleeves of his suit. And he doesn't really have, like, discreet appendages. He's kind of kind of blobby. I don't think I like this dog. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have something for me to sample? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I never got what Hattie called it, but here. And uh, she uncloths it. And I think Bryn's sense of uncanny valley doesn't exist. <laughs> like, she's just like, <laughs> she's yeah, just whatever. cool with this, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Different strokes, man. <laughs> Takes all kinds. <laughs> she's more nervous because he's a big CEO and not mm-hmm. because he's a weird freak. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good. I love it. You, you open it up. And uh, his tongue, uh, uh, extremely agile, wraps around a little piece and then just retreats into his mouth and his teeth close. Uh, No um, indication of whether he is chewing or swallowing, Mm -hmm. but his eyes kind of widen and he starts like wobbling uh, and he says, A most delectable morsel indeed. And you have brought this to me from the sweet little niblets at Lansden? That's right. They have a whole uh, shop where they make this stuff, and they were hoping that you would be willing to distribute it as part of your uh, merchandise. Yes. Yes, this is most amenable to me. If you bring more to me in my little egg, I will share it with the world and enjoy a few little pieces for myself. 
<laughs> and like as he's he's like very like delighted and his head is sort of bobbing side to side and at one point it just like bobs all the way around so he kind of looks like a candy cane and his grin is upside down as he's looking at you. Did you say egg? <laughs> what? Yeah, this turquoise the big turquoise egg that we're in. This man, I hate this man. <laughs> oh. I, I love oh. it. What are you talking about? This is some like sleep paralysis demon shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see him more clearly than any other NPC, and I'm here for it, like in my mind. So, so you you want more? Uh, yeah, we can do more. Um, when do you need it? Do I need to, like, do you have a phone number? Like, how do we do this? <laughs> I can figure out the logistics with my little indentured niblets here in the candy lab. They will ensure that the delivery of these confections. Happens in a very timely manner. Uh, radical. Excellent. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Wilkie. Um, uh, if there's anything else you need from me, let me know. I- I'm Brindley, by the way. Brindley Zerk. Um, I work for Post Host. This is a Post Host delivery. Um, Brindley Zerk, you are most audacious to come here to my kingdom. You would be a very good fit. In our lab, do you wish to savor the sweetness? Uh, I, I'm more of a uh, fruits and veggies kind of gal myself. Um, no, I was thinking I could be like your point girl to like bring the stuff to you and uh, be your go-between. Mm, yes, yes, you will make a fine addition to our group. Uh, and and Brinley as. Uh, Mr. Wilkie is talking. Y- you feel kind of strange in that you're s- you're feeling really like happy, but like it's the kind of thing where it's like you can't find the sort. Like, of course you're happy that you made the delivery, but this is something different. It feels kind of foreign, and you feel like you're starting to like buy into what he's saying. Like, yeah. Wilkie's part of the team. He's like, we are a family here. (laughs) And you will be my next sweet candy child. And I think I might need a roll from you. Yeah. (laughs) To resist his influence. I agree with Michael. I hate this. (laughs) I I don't... I hate, I hate. I want I fan hate. art. I want this season the only fan art. No, don't draw our characters. Don't draw your favorite NPCs. I want unless it's Mr. Wilkie. Unless it's Mr. Wilkie. <laughs> <laughs> that role, Glenna, in just a moment. Uh, While you uh, assess your resources and what you want to put into this, uh, I want to go back downstairs and check in with our good friends on the main floor. Last I checked, Walt was riding on an Arthrokin, which is a data-surged form of Carcinikin, kind of like a horse-sized lobster creature. Big old tidal wave swirling its way around the room. Helix and Maeve almost got washed away into the lower floors with the rest of the factory employees. Trev tried to catch them. Uh, 
caught them long enough for them to grab onto the rail before his arms snapped off in a terrible twist of candy logic fate. So, how y'all doing? Uh, important question. Are his arms on the level with us, or are they falling, in which case, can I try mm. to catch them? One arm is in your hands, Maeve. Yeah. And one arm is in your hands, Helix. Perfect. Okay, sweet. Uh, Maeve, I think, has been hit with a, a tidal wave of water, and I think it's it's cleared out uh, some, of the, some of the haze that she was... Uh, Moving through some of the time displacement that she was feeling as an effect of those uh, marshmallowy mushrooms, she's she's starting to sober up a little bit. Um, <laughs> still got a slam about it, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she's looking down at the arm in her hand and is like, "Oh, guys, mm-hmm. guys, I think we jarfed this one up real bad. This is this is Vorgel. This is real Vorgel, guys. Oh boy. Oh fucks. Oh no. Ugh. Fear or not, it is just my arms that came off." I'm not actually affected. Here, let me give you a hug to feel, make you feel better. And then I just move my, my torso, my armless <laughs> torso, and try to hug you. I apologize. The effect of my hug is not as strong as it normally would be. Can it be? Like, I don't know if you still necessarily have control over your detached limbs, but I'd say even if you don't, technically we're in candy dimension and things are starting yeah. to go loopy. So can your ability to hug just sort of slowly, like... The hand I'm holding just comes at my face. Uh, <laughs> like not quickly, like it's not a slab. I'm not doing, but yeah. just like this palm <laughs> mushes against my face, trying to hug me. Um, yeah. <laughs> get this off me! Get this off me! And Helix fumbles with it, but then holds it because he realizes he can't, he he drops it. It's falling off a waterfall edge. All right, we can we can figure this out. They they snapped off like. Like candy, right? Like they got cold and then they snapped, like like brittle, brittle candy. I think everything here, the logic is wrong, but it's it's candy logic, right? Is that what we've figured out more or less? Well, there's only one way to find out, and then I I'd like to roll to mend Trevor with candy just to put Maybelline's pitch into practice. Yes, please. Absolutely. I think that's a salient theory, Maybelline, uh, and I'm, I'd am i like to, to try. And he grabs Trev's torso, throws it down onto the- we're on like a catwalk, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some water kind of like flowing underneath us, so it's very dramatic, like a, you know, like a riverside. Um, <laughs> I'm going to need five sticks of chewing gum. I'm going to need four uh, packets of yum gunk, and I'm going to need uh, two uh, candy heart stoppers stat. Quick, quick, Maybelline. Maybelline pulls- all of that and more out of her pockets because she's been hoarding this entire time. Like, she doesn't have to run around the factory at all. She's just like, yeah, here you go. Yes. I'll allow it. This is correct. <laughs> uh, and her four hands start handing Helix all these different kinds of candies. He, like, unscrews a ring pop and, like, jabs it into the shoulder of Trev where the arm came off. He's chewing gum and he starts, like, wrapping gauze to, like, strap. And he's just strapping two arms together, but he's doing all the doctor shit you would need. Um, <laughs> Three arms are passing you candy and one of the arms is like wiping the sweat off your brow with a, with a little piece of her coat yeah. uh, just stay with me Trev stay stay with me uh, and I'd actually like to use um, I'm going to roll but uh, I'll tell you right now if it fails I just want to use know-how um, which mm-hmm. is biology yeah. if you uh, if this would help you with an action uh, mark a one uh, mark one trouble to upgrade to a one to three result 
uh, to a four to five result. Mm-hmm. So if this fails, I'm just going to do that. And normally this is not biology. He's a robot. In fact, in the, the first episode of this run, we talked very much about how Helix recognizes Trev uh, as not an autonomous uh, creature that would need uh, medical care. But we've got candy logic. So I think in this world, my candy, my biology know-how applies to candy logic on robots. <laughs> Are you going to add any dice to this? Because... A six would be good. I, I know you got a backup plan if it fails, but a six would be real sweet. Uh, can I have some crew? Because I don't have any more D6s to hand out. Yeah. And oh, there's no D6s on the crew page. Okay. Then I know I'm just, it's desperate and sweaty times. I'm rolling with one. Um, okay. But like I said, I'm going to upgrade it to a four to five if I fail and mark some trouble. With it, so oh, here amazing. we go. The one. It's a five. A five! Okay, a mixed success. <laughs> bites <laughs> bites off like a, a packet of, uh, just like a, like a Laffy Taffy, slaps it down. <sighs> Nurse, what's his, how are his vitals? <laughs> uh, Maeve, like, reaches out to, like, check a pulse, and then, like, puts a hand on his chest, and then puts one on his head like you're checking for a fever, and then is like, I have no idea. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what any of this is. I'm freaking out, man. <laughs> and then whatever the reality of the situation looks like to us, uh, yeah, I've just glued his arms back with gum. <laughs> yeah. How well does this work, GM? <laughs> um, yeah, Trevor, how you feeling? I, I'm feeling pretty good. And, and this might be my offer for uh, the five. Sure. So I think Trevor is like, you know, his systems are kind of coming back. He, like, he can recognize that the arms are attached and everything like this. Mm-hmm. And, ah, yes, Helix, thank you very much for helping me out. And uh, he raises his arms to, like, give a, a thumbs up. But as he does so, that's when you realize your mistake. You put the arms back on, but you did put the left arm onto the right shoulder and the right arm onto the left shoulder. So it's like this weird, but it still kind of works somehow. And like, so they they are attached and that is a success. It'll just mean I'll have a little bit of challenge uh, if I have to roll anymore (laughs) until I get back. Here's what I'm kind of thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. I do kind of like the the silliness of you having your arms on backwards. That is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know what? Feel free to change your slam from disarmed to misarmed. <laughs> misarmed. Misarmed. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, the thing I want to offer is uh, a bit more of a complication for Helix. Perhaps uh, I think as uh, Trev, your systems are online and you try to uh, uh, connect. Uh, uh, I'm thinking very like Luke Skywalker with his arm and he's like, wow, I can move my fingers again. And he's like getting used to moving it. You try that with your hand and then it just like takes some getting used to. Um, and in, uh, moving your arm to like calibrate and remember how an arm feels on your body, you overshoot it somewhat drastically and you just clock Helix in the face. (laughs) Ooh, I have a dumb offer. Feel free to say no, but is it that he tries to give Helix a hug? (laughs) And overshoots it too hard and and hurts him. <laughs> yes, yeah, just a, like a like a uh, instantaneous bear hug, just like a yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Helix, I'm going to give you the slam of squeezed. Great, uh, I'm going to nope that because I like the trouble, but I think it just happens. It just I get I would rather trouble than a than a slam, but it happens. I don't want it to not happen. It's just a really nice hug. <laughs> Helix is Helix is strong enough that his core just holds him through it. <laughs> he withstands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you've got your right hook back. Well, your left hook. Well, you're. I'm sorry, I've misarmed you, but we we gotta we gotta go. Hey, yeah. Speaking of, where the where the Vux is Walt right now? 
Ride free, Arthurkin, ride free! <laughs> Walton, I think we've washed away all of the attacking staff members. What of the rest of our crew? Oh, right. Uh, the, tur- turn off the jets. Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Arthurkin is great! As you say, Walt. <laughs> Uh, I think as the waves sort of subside, um, Arthurkin's rush sort of slows down, and then his large uh, lobster feet still sort of click-clack their way over across the metal grating toward uh, the rest of the crew, uh, who have just finished a surgery, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of surgeries in this run. (laughs) (laughs) Apologies for the excess water pressure. Is everyone all right? Uh, Yeah, it seems to be. Well, more or less. Anyway, uh Sorry, I didn't. I didn't know you could do like another one. I thought I was. I was just getting used used to the one new guy, and and you're like a whole different guy. Oh yeah, Walton and I have been training. We've upped my power levels, and I'm able to data surge for a temporary <laughs> amount of time in my more powerful form, Arthur. Oh, <laughs> well, it was Arthurkin, but now I'm back to Carcinikin. So you guys like? Do you? have the same memories or how does that like are you the same person or are you different people in the same body is it a well technically a fight club or a split what are we doing here <laughs> technically i'm not a person at all i am an ai program designed by the kindred corporation in the form of a crustacean body actually i can take this one i learned recently about the concept of adaptive personalities and so as they data surge and and undata surge uh, they they maintain memories but adapt their personalities to the situation and power level at hand. Is that right, Walt? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, as Walt and Helix and Carcinikin continue to lecture Maeve uh, on the inner workings of Daibokin uh, and their AI uh, abilities, memories, etc., uh, we are going to come back up to the top floor where Brinley Zerk needs to make a roll. Yep, she sure does. I can't do anything to help this. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way, too, because I think before we cut away, I said that, you know, you're resisting his influence, right? Mm-hmm. You can, like, it doesn't have to be, like, I roll to resist. If there's a thing that you do specifically, like, if you zip back down the elevator shaft or uh, mm. grappling hook off of his face, I don't know, you can, <laughs> that can be your play to, to resist him, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, Lena. Glenna has an idea. I'm it, here. It's dumb. Speak to me. Um. Yes. Go. Fuck. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's super dumb. You're going to be so disappointed. Um, can we apply Brinley's parkour talent to mental gymnastics? <laughs> Well, can we? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Said I'd be disappointed. I've never been more proud. Fuck. (laughs) Um, I I feel like whatever is happening, we see like like we. (laughs) 
we see like an osmosis Jones of inside yep, Brinley, yep, yep, an yep, inside yep, out yep, yep. of inside Brinley's brain. Mm. Yep, and there's yep, yep, yep. like this fuchsia colored light coming towards her in like like a giant tentacle monster and they're like trying to grab all her little uh her little guys and they're running around <laughs> dodging and they all have their own little gravity gauntlets and <laughs> <laughs> and it's really gutsy so i'm gonna use uh d6 for my attitude <laughs> there's a bunch yes. of little guys but instead of being like you know uh david hyde pierce or or uh Whoever else was in Osmosis Jones. Um, oh, it was like he wasn't in the, in uh, Inside, Inside Out. Out. <laughs> or Amy Poehler. It's, uh, they're all Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. they are. They're all being attacked by tentacles going, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then would you let me add a D6 for my gravity gauntlet then? <laughs> um... If you can find a way to spin uh, the fact that outside Brindley also uses her gravity gauntlet, then yes. <laughs> like, yeah, but it wouldn't make much sense. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's 2d6, but I think I will take a dare. Yes. So I'll add another d6. Mark of trouble. Rolling with 3d6. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we said we could apply her parkour ability to this, right? We will need to, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> what was the highest you rolled? I rolled a three. <laughs> but oh boy. as we just established, <laughs> raw talent. You've always just been amazing at parkour. If this would help you with an action, you can mark one trouble to upgrade a one to three result to a four to five result. So we're going to see a little um, inner mind montage <laughs> of uh, Mr. Wilkie trying to uh, snatch up all your little guys and all of the cool ways that you evade it. Uh, Wilkie unfurls his uh, suit sleeves and uh, gives one of them a little hug and in your mind you can see it wouldn't be so bad. You get 10 minute breaks after all. You might even get a vacation minute once a year. Wouldn't that be so exciting? And uh, the little guy, the little Keanu um, (laughs) does a standing flip to avoid the arms (laughs) and just like as the arms enclose he just goes whoop and like up, <laughs> up and back over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. He's like dancing in like a weird undulating way. And you can just picture all of the mandatory employee social events where you'll be forced to get to know your crew and uh, your new crew, your company, your family. He's dancing closer and closer. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and it's it's um, like a, an overhead crane shot of uh, little guys running on a uh, I don't know like a like a neuron and uh, the tentacles f- following and the little guys like run up a wall and do a little flip going back o- over uh, lots of flips today <laughs> lots of flips and he advances and then he's like growing and getting bigger and bigger and it's hard to tell what shape he is anymore because he's just big but his little round eyes and his big wide grin are the same size except now his teeth are parting revealing a black void and you think of all of the candy that you'll get to eat candy can't be that bad right surely you'll develop a taste for it and how he just swallows one of your guys what does your little guy do oh no uh, my little guy does uh, uses uh, his gravity gauntlet to pry the teeth open <laughs> uh, and just like 
force his way out. <laughs> and then it snaps back to the office. And any outside eye would have just seen Wilkie uh, staring at you and you staring at Wilkie. Uh, and that's all that's happened for the past, like, <laughs> minute and a half. <laughs> and then he says, very well. You have outsmarted me this time, little munchkin. But if you ever decide to take a respite in my scrumptious sanctuary, you are welcome back to my little egg any time. And then he unfurls his sleeves, and you think that this might be another play of some kind. But then just a bunch of candy spills out from them, just like in a puddle at your feet. Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, I think Maeve will want some of this. Um, <laughs> and the bag that formerly held what we now know as chocolate, uh, she will scoop the candy in and be like, so I just push the down button and go down or what? Yes. You may descend further into the belly of my home by pressing the down button. Radical. Uh, have a, have a good day, man. Goodbye, Brinley Zerk. I'll see you again. Uh, and you turn and make your way to the elevator, but, like, your, your mind's eye still has that fuchsia color, and you still have that feeling that you can't quite shake. Uh, so I will give you uh, the emotional slam of uh, Dream Job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too real, Lena. <laughs> <laughs> you descend the elevator doors open and you see it's a lot more wet than when you left it last there's a lot of water everywhere and you're not entirely sure how that happened and uh all of your pals are there trev four uh has a lot more gummy bits uh jammed in his works uh, specifically in the arms uh not in like the joints like it looks like it broke off he is still candy cane swirly colored at this point in time and uh yeah the five of you are reunited and it's time to find a way home Bryn, did the dog like the, the brown semi-sweet i don't think it was a dog man oh uh but yeah too bad yeah no brown semi-sweet went over real well um Something deep within my core, uh, instinct is telling me we need to get out of here right now. <laughs> yes, my suggestion of uh, has wear uh, was uh, inefficient. We we probably should have been wearing logic binders this whole time. We we should move. That explains a few things. Do we have any sort of exit? Yes, I have detected a portal right down there and pointing with the wrong arm once again, upside <laughs> down hand, pointing out towards the vat. Uh, it's right there at the top of the vat? Here's hoping. Yeah, I think top of the vat makes sense. Oh, not in the vat? Okay. <laughs> not underneath a layer of boiling candy? Oh, yeah. Just under <laughs> the lip of the vat. So do make sure you are in nth gear before you clear that thin zone. It does seem we need to enter this as fast as possible in order to 
make sure that we don't get stuck in the hot candy and instead make it through to the other side. Well, if there's one thing we're good at, it's going fast and doing stuff that is objectively pretty stupid. So <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into a vat of boiling candy, gang. Away we go. Uh, do we have to roll for this, Lena? Uh, you do, but it's not the roll that you might expect. <laughs> it's the disaster roll, babes. Yeah. There it is. There's the one. I picked up so much trouble in the last half hour. My God. Whoop, <laughs> As a reminder, you roll 1d6 for every empty trouble box that you have, and you want to roll high. Let's get some rolls. Did anybody get a six? Maeve did. Yes, but barely, yeah, yeah. weirdly. <laughs> One of my seven dice did. <laughs> one of your seven dice? Wow. Yeah, yeah one of my eight. Wow, uh, friends. So. Okay, so that was Trev for Maeve and Walt. Yeah, two of my six did. I don't know what your problem was. <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. Uh, fours or fives? Five. Five. Five for Helix and a five for Brinley. Okay. So, uh, Trev, Maven, Wolt, because you rolled a six, easy street, mark one style, you avoid disaster. Helix and Bryn, close call, uh, avoid disaster, but mark one trouble. Please. Follow me, and I go to the uh, this edge. And, like it, like looks down right towards the vat because uh, it's like a floor below us. There are angry candy employees like all over underneath, uh, like on the on the bottom floor, kind of looking up at us and like trying to find the the quickest route back up and like shaking their fists angrily. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I like you know kind of crouch down and. You know, my knees launch me up, and they start folding back, and uh, and I st- turn into a dive as my rocket knees are uh, now firing me downwards uh, towards the vat, so I can go as quickly as possible. And uh, so it's like a, a supercharged dive, more or less. And I uh, hit the vat, and it kind of like rips open the portal behind me as like some of this candy starting to kind of flow into the portal a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's badass. We all follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we say yeah. we grabbed one of his misaligned arms and we're all just pulled along in a big train? <laughs> Absolutely. The five of you, uh, Trev4, breaks through the thin zone, opening up the inky black portal. All of you follow. You dive in to the top of this vat through the opening, and then you spill out through the bottom of the vat. But it wasn't the same vat that you dove into. You're not in Wilkie's Candy Lab anymore. It's still hot. It still smells very sweet here, but it's more of an acidic, alcoholic uh, kind of smell um, as beans are fermenting on either side of you in heating trays. And you find yourselves in the very spot where Hattie showed Brinley the suspected thin zone. And you are not alone. Cameras start flashing and chatter erupts all around you as you realize you have stumbled into an impromptu press conference. And you hear someone say, Gold Star Disaster, Gold Star Disaster. So is it true? This thin zone that you just came through is from Dimension Scalene, where Wilkie's Candy Lab is suspected to be. Is it safe to say that like, 
one one of us has like candy hanging out of our mouth. Did anyone pick up merch on the way? Like, is it? Do we get a chance to lie, or is it really obvious we just came from a candy dimension? Like each one of us in our own way are telling on ourselves. I will leave that up to you, and I will say, Trev, four. Now that you're back through, because I think you're the only one who really suffered like really permanent damage. Everyone else was just kind of like, "Oops, my fingers got flattened. That's okay. I'll fix it." You had your arms broken off and mended together. They look almost like crudely welded and not actually held together with candy as your logic is back to logic. And are they still backward? They're still wrong arm on wrong side? Absolutely, yes. So I'll leave it up to you how obvious it is that you just came from a candy dimension. But if, if candy ooze has also been spilling out onto the floor, maybe that question answers itself. Uh, sorry, folks. Uh, I think you've got the wrong gold star disaster. We're, uh... Just passing through, um, no questions, no comments, um, please, uh, uh, make way, make way, uh, please, is it, please. Is it true that you made a delivery from this very candy shop that's going to put Lansden on the map and give us a stake in Wilkie's Candy Lab? Uh, Maeve is, is panicking right now because the last time this happened to her, she got in a lot of trouble with her Arborist sect, and that was, like, kind of incidental of just, like, she did a, a, a fun run in Operablum. Uh, she's in another tower, but this is, like, fully other dimension on behalf of a business venture. Um, so she's, like, she she thinks about using her photo bypass to, like, turn invisible, but it's already too late. There's already cameras on her. Like, everyone already knows. And she's just, like, looking at her crewmates and has no words for this of, like, she, she does not know how to play this one. Well, as a proud courier from, uh, Post-host, it is my duty, of course, to uh, foster connection. And that connection can go many directions. And um, Wilkie's is already working with Kindred and Webb, and so why not Lansden also? So that all three towers have a collaboration. (laughs) They're writing furiously, and then one reporter pipes up and says, "Uh, Ms. Zerk, there's a rumor that you have been making crossed tower deliveries that have been fully unauthorized by post host and established by a third party. Can you speak to that, please? Uh, no. Y- you know, a, l- a lot of uh, I- inter-tower... Mr. Pinnacle, this reminds me, as a member of the Pinnacle Project, you are not, I'm, I'm hearing now, you're not authorized to clear floors past five on web. Can you speak to why you were on floor six and above? No. <laughs> Look, folks, we we saw a dog about a bone. Uh, can we can we just please get some air? I I really need a death stick. Uh, mixed jam, mixed jam. What do you have to say about this? And at this moment, Brinley, you realize that Hattie and Arachne are here, oh, hanging by the back door. Uh, and and they say, uh, mixed jam. Is it true that uh, uh, Miss Zerk has been making deliveries to other towers that were not authorized by Post Host? And you see Arachne, and they look terrified, and they look over to Hattie. And Hattie looks back over. Hattie's expression is blank. And Arachne turns back and says, No, it's not true. All of the deliveries were um, were authorized by Post Host because um, we believe that it is important that the towers start communicating with each other and connecting with each other and working together. And um, Brinley is the pioneer for making those connections and and Arachne looks over at Brinley again uh, uh, Arachne looks over at Hattie again and looks back and says and I fully stand with Brinley 
And so does Post Host. And and so do I. And then Helix just like stands there next to you, kind of piggybacking on the guilt he felt letting you get new thumbs and stuff. He's he's not gonna let you do this alone, but he does one of these slow claps. <laughs> <laughs> Hype claps. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, and Hattie says, all right, I think that's enough questions. Uh, let's, let's be on our way, please, Gold Star Disaster. And uh, she, she sort of takes you by the shoulder, Bryn, and sort of leads all of you out as the reporters uh, melt into that din that reporters do in shows where they're like, we have questions, we have questions, but they're not relevant anymore, so you don't have to answer them. <laughs> they don't serve to exposit the story, therefore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as uh, Hattie walks you out... She leans into you, Brinley, and says, how'd it go? He, he said yes. Really? Yeah, he said he'd get his niblets on it. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. I'll assume that's a web thing, but thank you, Brinley. You did real good. Happy to uh, do my job. And she leans in close enough so that only you can hear. And she says, Gabor's going to be happy about this one. Let's go into some cleanup. Let's do some faction shifts to start. I think that might be a good place to begin. I am going to give y'all a plus two with Wilkies. I think I'm going to give you a plus two with Lansden, bringing you to a neutral zero. I think I might give a minus one to Webb, given... um, how you basically had to muscle your way into their turf and then be like, Wilkies belongs to all of us now, not just Webb and Kindred. So that will uh, set you back to a neutral zero. Kindred's neutral because it's like, well, we don't like that you're cutting in on our turf, but we do like that you're cutting in on Webb's turf. So it all shakes Mm -hmm. out. (laughs) Yeah. And plus they get like this cool new candy that they're going to get to uh, distribute and eat. And that's that's pretty cool. Candy's pretty good. I'm just curious. Does Shimmer have any, oh, any opinions? Absolutely. Thank you. Plus one with Shimmer. Whoop, whoop. You're at a plus two. You're tight. Helpful. Close. Caring. Enthusiastic. Uh, crew style. Let's look at brands. Shredders, plus three style on runs where you race, chase, or land big tricks. Ultronauts, plus three style on runs where you find a new world or deal with dimensional weirdness. Both, both, both. Both, both, both. I guess you and Helix did do like a big, a big stunt on mushrooms. We went and explored the dimension specifically, yeah. Yeah. And we're like, we, we, we chased, uh, we, yeah, we, uh, were chased by employees and, and, raced each other to the top of the mountain. Lots of racing, lots of chasing, lots of big tricks. Y'all did so, so good. So I'm just gonna, uh, let's see, that's six style of the 10 crew style here. So I'm just gonna go, uh, do, do, do. I'm gonna fill out this style here. And what's that? I just keep going? Huh, that's interesting. Y'all have 10 crew style to play with. Ooh. Where'd those extras come from? That being real cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, y'all have a lot of crew style to play with. 
Uh, any ideas what you want to spend it on? I have a pitch. We could spend, I'm not sure exactly how this track works, either four or five style to get us up to the next fame track of Well-Established, which would then still leave us enough to buy one of the first perks of Well-Established, which is Logic Binders, yep. and that feels <laughs> like a thing we should have after this run. Mm -hmm. it, it makes sense narratively because we just got put on blast on TV mm. um, that now it's like the scene knows you. You've earned your right to be here. It's like, well, now we're in it. Like we have been, yeah. Yeah. And then the logic Absolutely. binder thing just makes sense because we're. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you've unlocked well-established. You've gotten some well-earned logic binders with well-established. You get a couple perks from simply unlocking this new level of fame, plus one and minus one with two neutral factions, and gain one free two-way portal. Maybe our plus one could be with the old guard or the mavens? Um, also, Lansden and Webb are technically neutral at this point. Ooh, yeah. That's true. Maybe just up the Lansden down the web? Yeah, I like that, because it makes sense to me that Lansden would be happy with us like securing this deal and if you want to take the minus one with web that might that makes sense it might even kickstart some of the stuff i i like yeah I'm, I'm hoping to get on web's bad side so this this is a good kickstart to that sounds good there we go <laughs> and then for portal where do we want to go waking pits yeah i could see golden juggle doesn't or waking pits like i think coming from thenish spar to go somewhere else that also gives us an interesting thing of if we have to go through thenish spar to connect to a new thing there's possibility for yeah. maybe Maeve connection and stuff. So I'd be happy with any of those three, but from Thenisbar on. I like Waking Pits. Waking Pits. Waking Pits. Alright, so we've made our decision. The faction shifts have affected the towers. You've chosen to give a plus one to Lansden and a minus one to Webb. Currently, your uh, status with each of the towers is a plus one with Lansden, a plus one with Kindred, and a minus one with Webb. And you have chosen to open a two-way portal between Thenis Spar and the Waking Pits. Congrats. Everyone clear your slams, refill your attitude and your turbo. And with that, let's move towards some downtime. Gold Star listeners, it's me, Lena, your Slugmaster Game Blaster, wanting to pop in to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Quantum Kickflip. Now, after this extensive run in a candy dimension, make sure that you are balancing your diet, eat some vegetables, drink some water, leave a five-star review for Quantum Kickflip on your podcatcher of choice, all of the essentials, please. I just want you to take care of yourselves. We are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, audiograms, and more. You can also support us by subscribing to Quantum Kickflip on Patreon, where for just $2 a month, you can join our Shredder tier and get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip. And for $5 a month, you can join our Ultranaut tier and get early access plus exclusive bi-weekly bonus content. The bonus content that I want to highlight today is our player interviews. In these episodes, I sit down with each player to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation about the inspiration behind their characters, goals, highlights, and more. It is a wonderful way just to connect with a player one-on-one -on -one and get a little bit more of their insight behind their character. 
you have three cousins who are part of the Wicks, Wanda, Wendy, and Whitney. Who is Walt's favorite? Can I remember which one is which? Uh, Wanda? Wanda's Wanda the leader, the most Wendy talking. has the voice, yeah. and Whitney doesn't talk. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Has> the voice? <laughs> um, Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> you know, why couldn't you be like some sort of four-legged alien dog creature uh, that also happens to love slug blasting, and then you would look at, like, the abilities, and you would justify, like, how does pep talk come out of a dog, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It would be licks. It would be, like, it would be sloppy licks. Yeah. That's what it would be, yeah. Interviews with Michael and David are available to listen to now, and if you subscribe to Patreon, you will catch the rest of the interviews as they are released. Subscribe now at patreon.com slash quantumkickflip. I'd like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. You can check them out at amaas.ca. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so you can catch the next episode on May 31st. And for this next episode, we're doing something a little bit different. We're taking a small break from the main storyline, and we're going to do a little one-off of the game Fiasco. So you can catch part one of that on May 31st. All right, let's get you back to the action. Gold Star Disaster. Hattie leads you away from the throng of media out of the candy store and onto the wider hallways of Lansdon. You're in the mid-fours right now. Um, and she says, now, of course, you, uh, all have your authorized skyways to get back. Uh, it's a little unusual for people to pop through thin zones, but you're a bit of an exception at this point. Follow me. And she takes you all down to floor two, steps out, looks at you and says, I trust you'll find your skyways from here. And then she winks and leaves. Let's go through Trinity Munis Park. Yeah, I don't like that. If that felt like she knows about... I, I didn't like that. I didn't like the implications of that. If we're headed that way, Maeve's going to be at the front of the pack because she wants to check on that last uh, remaining Nega Friction coil that we stashed down here. Uh, when you arrive at Trinity Munis Park, it is safely where you have hidden it. Undisturbed. Phew. All right, well. Good run, everybody. I, I we, we did it. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. You really... I mean, I didn't give you all the information off the top, and you still helped me, and we're really good in with, um... Well, Hattie mentioned Gabor, so I think she's Shimmer, even though she doesn't have the accent, just so you all know. Um, Hattie's Shimmer? What? Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Hattie's Shimmer? But anyway, um, we make them happy, that's good, right? So... I just, I know, I feel like I can count on you all, and sometimes I act like I can do this stuff on my own, and it's way easier if we all work together. That is very true, Brindley. And I have to say, you did very well to go and complete the mission. Congratulations! And Trev uh, goes to raise up his thumb to give you 
another one of his classic gold stars. But of course, the arms are reversed. And instead of uh, a sticker coming out of the thumb, instead a taser bolt comes firing out of his wrist. It doesn't hit you, but it does fire out. And you're like, hmm. <laughs> it does seem that I need to repair these arms. Just know, Brinley, that I think you did a wonderful job. And I owe you one gold star. Thanks, Trev. Oh, uh, Maeve, um, uh, compliments of Mr. Wilkie. Uh, and she hands you the bag of candy. Oh, fucks yeah. Is this... Uh, that that guy, I mean, I know we didn't meet him, but but hey, anyone who's giving out free candy like that, he seems like a pretty cool guy. It does seem very kind of him. He seems yeah. very, yes. I like that very... guy. What was he like, Bren? Uh, stretchy. Like he's into yoga? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I didn't ask him that. <laughs> he was pink. Oh. Definitely not operable. <laughs> hmm. Curious. Well, listen, Bryn, I mean, thank you for the candy, but as for all the having your back stuff, I mean, of course we do. We, we've been over this. We're, we're a crew. We got each other's backs. We're all in. Yeah, I know. I just sometimes I uh, try and set myself apart from the crew a little bit, and um, I got to stop doing that, you know? Uh, Maeve thinks back to the conversation she had with Helix earlier about how Brinley is clearly the best of us, and, and if she ever realizes it, we're screwed. And it's like, uh, yeah, no, you, you really gotta, you really gotta watch that kind of thing. Really, you know, it's all about, there's no I in team after all. You gotta, you gotta remember to put the crew first. Trev, Trev can tell you all about it. It's, it's a team effort, team effort. And kind of looks over at, uh, uh, Helix and gives him two thumbs up on, on one arm. Yes, but Helix is actually having a a sort of a, a, almost the different reaction. Uh, still like encouraging, but just like truly looking at Brinley with like, uh, like a real admiration. And this is going to tie into my uh, downtime scene, but we'll get to that later. But uh, I'm, I'm no longer afraid of Brinley figuring out how great she is. I am going to adapt my personality to hers. <laughs> Maeve gives you a double thumbs up. And then when it isn't reciprocated, is like gives you a double uh, like hand wave, like Psh, whatever. You know, Brinley, watching you out there today, I, I was incredibly impressed. You know, uh, I've made a lot of, my choices, my creative inspiration for slug blasting based on the Null Crew's fust, specifically their stunts division of far out, audacious, crazy stuntmen. Uh, and, you know, everything from undergoing that biometric surgery to strolling right into the hidden candy factory of a potentially deranged confectioner. Uh, I, I guess what I found impressive was that you live audaciously, whether folks are watching or not. And up until now, my heroes have lived audaciously for the sole purpose of being seen. And uh, I think there's a lot there. Uh, so thank you for that. It's it's This was a great run. I had a lot of fun. And also developed a bit of a sweet tooth. Maeve, is there any yum gunk in there? I got you covered. He grabs it. Uh, and not to, not to steal your your senior Glenna, but I'm just going to do sharpened. Uh, a teammate inspires you and shows you something about yourself. You gain a trait. The trait I'm going to gain is personal growth. You gain a trait from another playbook. How are you changing? Who are you learning from? That playbook is going to be Brindley's. The guts. I'm going to do double dare. Uh, I get the double dare ability. It's mine now. When instead of taking a dare, you mark two trouble for plus two d6 or plus two kick to an action roll. Uh, I have learned to live audaciously. Uh, like my pal Brantley. Hell yeah. I love that. 
That's so appropriate for Helix. Brinley, tell me about your beat. Uh, yeah, that was that was makeup. A kind gesture or apology, a reminder of your bond, a conversation where you listen, assume the best, and tell the others how you feel, not how they are wrong. Find a way to remove the threat. Minus one fracture. And with that, bow to the queen is gone and has been <laughs> resolved. Woo! So I think as one by one the uh, crew members sort of take their leave, we all agree to, to head back to our uh, various towers. But I think Maeve lets Bryn go on ahead, and uh, she hangs out in Trinity Municipal Park, just kind of... Uh, she's She is not looking forward to going back to the Arborist Temple, what with the media blitz that was waiting for us here, so she's kind of putting it off. And uh, she's practicing some, some tricks, just like working on her, her fundamentals on her hoverboard grinding along the concrete uh, garden enclosures and stuff. But before long, she realizes that she's not actually alone down in Trinity Municipal Park because hanging out, similarly lagging behind for an opportunity to sneak in that death stick he was talking about is uh, Walton Wick. Sit grind, Maeve. Oh, uh, uh, Walt. (laughs) I didn't realize you. (laughs) uh, I thought you went on with them. Hi. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't. Didn't mean to surprise you by standing completely still here. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> nah, it's all good. I was just, uh, you know, practicing practicing the basics. And she goes to do the thing where you, like, kick one end of your board and flip it up into your hand. But it just sort of, like, she just overshoots it and it, like, goes skittering across the pavement. <laughs> like I, I think your tricks are actually harder than they're meant to be. Because I, I will point out that it is still raining. Mm. And you are in Trinity Municipal Park, which is an open-air skyway, one of the few on floors south of two. So it's uh, everything is sort of a little bit slick, a little bit wet. The rain has calmed down a lot. It's not a storm anymore. Um, but everything's a little bit slippery, and the rain only stings a teeny-weeny bit. It's a little bit. <laughs> uh, Maeve grabs her board and, and kind of makes her way over and is like, ah, yeah, still still pretty slick out here. Can I Can I join you under the overhang? Oh, yeah, sure thing. I told Trev I'd help him try and fix up his arms before we brought him back to the repurposed robotics division, but, uh, you know, it's always better to smoke a death stick out in the open air than it is on a on a simulated smoking platform, you know? I didn't know you went in for these things. Are they... H- how long How long's that been going on? Oh, uh, you know, I just... Every now and again, uh... Sorry, I, I can put this out if it's a, a problem for you. I can... Sorry, let no, me just, no, uh, I, uh, no, I, that out. Uh, that's fine, go I out. like I wanna it. go out. No, it's, uh. it's uh, great, I like the smell. <laughs> it's good, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Is that like a, does it re- remind you of something from back home in Thennis Bar? Normally people hear that the smell is probably the worst possible thing about it, like, you do it just for the, the drugs that are inside it, but the smell's like uh, an oversight that makes it really kind of an unenjoyable experience for usually the smoker and all those around them. But you like it? Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm just, uh, you know, n- not like other operablins. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty gridge. <laughs> if, if anything reminds me of home, it's, uh, it's the rain. I mean, here you don't really get the kind of summer storms we had back home, but, but still, that hearing that pounding on the rooftop, it takes me back i mean some ways i'm kind of always thinking about home i 
have to sort of keep my mind or a part of my mind focused on it all the time just to stop myself from peeling back. It's it's an arborist thing. They they teach you how, but it it ain't easy and especially after after a long run like this, it's you know that connection gets strained. Mm, I can understand that. Well, man, if it if it's drawing you back that much, it sounds like some place to see. You, you should show me around there sometime. No, I mean, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, but but prob- probably not. I it's not not a lot for me there anymore. Oh, fair enough. No pressure. I just know that Carcinicans liked going for walks in the rain. If you say it's pretty rainy there, he'd, he'd probably enjoy that too. <laughs> Maeve is so conflicted between like the fact that Thenispar is where all of her dark, mysterious past lies, but also that Walt is offering up a, a like, we should hang out and do more stuff together. And just like, mm. yeah, the two of us could go for a walk in the rain together, you know? <laughs> I mean, we could we could do that right now if we just, and she kind of holds out one of her arms into the rain and, and immediately jerks it back. I'm like, ah, oh, that's getting acidic. That's getting oh. really corrosive. Ah, yeah, the, the index was pretty high today. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that for too long. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, still, this is, even even just this is is nice having a having a moment here under the overhang yeah you know i never saw myself as one who'd end up slug blasting and here we are a, a crew after significant serious runs <laughs> weird yeah but good weird right yeah definitely good anyway i should probably go catch up with trev it I don't quite know how his arms ended up backwards. Did did you see that happen? Or I think Helix did something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Classic pinnacle. Anyway, I'll I'll catch up with you later. Uh, I guess I'll chat with you in the group. <laughs> right, right. In the group. And Maeve thinks about this 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 nice little moment they've shared and how you know most of the time the only time they get to spend together is is. Uh, is communal with the rest of the group, but but here under the overhang, while Walt was smoking his death stick, uh, they got to have that little moment. And this is actually going to be uh, the first beat in my uh, grit track, uh, which is a goal, a montage where you work towards a goal, practicing an impossible trick in the driveway, building something no one else believes in, saving change in a jar, etc., um, winning a boy's heart, etc. Yes, Maeve's goal <laughs> is going to be winning Walt's heart. Um, and the montage we see is... Uh, uh, it's, it's not going to be her trying to learn to smoke, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I think the problem is, like, where whatever is in Death Sticks is, like, highly addictive. Like, maybe not pleasant for everybody, but it is highly addictive to Operablins. Whatever that, like that soothing quality, that, like, release that it gives does not work with Thetispartian physiology. So it's just, like, oh she was lying earlier, she does not like the smell, but also she gets nothing out of, like, the whatever active ingredient is in there does not work for her. So we just see a montage of her, like, she's, you know, buying the packet death sticks. She has to figure out where to buy them in the first place and uh, is, like, skulking around in alleyways and trying to find a hookup and then realizes that you can just, like, buy them from a convenience store. They're not, like, actual hard drugs. <laughs> and it feels very silly and then it's yeah her you know in the arborist temple and like sneaking around uh in the garden around a back corner to to light one up and immediately bursting into a coughing fit and uh <laughs> her just like holding a uh, death stick in front of her face and like staring at it trying to summon the will to like enjoy it but she just can't do it 
And ultimately, this uh, this is not successful because this is the, only the first step in the grid track. She's going to have to try some other tactics to win Walt's heart. But but this initial <laughs> montage is just a bunch of attempts of Maeve to, to start smoking and failing miserably. Uh, there's one little side image of... Uh, uh, a Forester Tarment has shown up and found all these death stick packs in, in Maeve's room, but Charla's the only one who's there. <laughs> I just, I swear it wasn't me. I don't smoke. <laughs> Charla, I am very disappointed in you. I will need to give you extra work. No, actually, I like work, so that's kind of okay. <laughs> <laughs> and stay away from Zazlo. He's a bad influence. Uh, and with that, I have uh, spent one style to mark uh, a goal, the first of the grit track, and that gives me plus one slam, tired, blistered, etc. Um, <laughs> is it like what? What's a word for for just like a raw throat <laughs> from smoking? Like what? Is, so I, I have smoker's cough. Is my slam? Yeah, smoker's yeah. cough. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> Acute bronchitis. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh man! Except it, it should be like uh, a space cute uh, space cute. bronchitis. This is a, a, a cute case of bronchitis. Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's for a boy. Loves <laughs> <laughs> my cough. <laughs> After your time with Maeve in Trinity Municipark, you make your way back into Kindred Multiversal Mega Tower to meet with Trev Four, as you promised. You don't meet him in the bot shop. Uh, he specifically requested that you not do that. Instead, the two of you meet in one of the places where you first met, a park on one of Kindred's low floors with holographic trees that kind of fizzle out, and a long unfinished game of operable chess. Uh, Trev, there you are. Hey. Hello. Thank you for meeting me. This is uh, a bit of an emergency, as I have realized I cannot return myself to the bot shop with my arms the wrong way. So, your help is uh, much appreciated. Yeah, that might be a bit of a problem. Gosh, that candy dimension really, really did a number on everyone. Indeed. Well, hopefully we will be able to address that in the future. In the meantime, zit, 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 zit. <laughs> like his arms are still kind of here, Trev. Um, fortunately, I think I think we're gonna need to pop those bad boys back off. Oh, okay. And boop, the arms just like he, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to. He just like wills it. <laughs> Just Baba. Oh, thank goodness. I thought Carcinican was going to have to exo-hammer them off. Oh, of course not. Now that you're here, you can help me. I am thinking we should go uh, over to where the warehouse is. There is a warehouse with an abandoned supply of, uh, of forklifts. And I am thinking perhaps we can uh, add them to my arms. Because the thing that pulled my arms off was a great weight. But if I add some heavy-duty uh, servos, I should be able to hold on to people, and they won't be able to pull my arms off. Yeah. Do you, Wait, are we stealing from this warehouse of forklifts? It's going to be requisitioning. Works for me. <laughs> Excellent. 
so yeah, that's where we we go into the, like this little warehouse where they have like maybe some other robots or whatever that were like lifting bots or whatever and uh, getting those things out. I've already uh, rolled the this is my in the lab, and mm. uh, I did not get the. Oh, <laughs> No discs, the one thing I needed. But mm. uh, with my four rolls, I got uh, a lens, uh, a coil, and uh, a gem. Uh, and uh, it was enough to get me uh, the heavy-duty servos, which is one thing I was going for. So um, uh, it just took all my rolls to get there. And, uh, yeah, so I, I'm able to find those. I have a few more pieces for next time. Um Walt, are you also rolling in the lab? Yeah, I got a lens, two coils, and a gem. Woo! And what are you getting with all of these beautiful components? With that, I think as uh, Trev has established uh, with being able to build heavy-duty servos, uh, I will also be upgrading that onto Carcinokin. <laughs> hey, there you go. You both break into this warehouse, steal some forklift equipment <laughs> yeah and somehow i managed to uh in learning how it works to reconnect trev's arms i also figure out how to make that work digitally for a hologram <laughs> amazing yes <laughs> uh, and then i also have enough to additionally get uh the stabilizer with a coil and a disc uh turbo gains plus one boost nice so i'll have another d6 in my pool looks like you're maxed out on your resources for your robot companion congrats Y'all have upgraded your devices. Trev's arms are put back on the right way. Uh, <laughs> and Walt, you are able to successfully return him to the bot shop uh, without paying extra for damages. Yeah. Uh, and when Trev 4 comes to the front uh, and I am back, it was another successful mission. Great. Sounds great. Don't actually care. It's all paid for. So, uh, but like, congrats. I guess that's good for you. Indeed. And then he like, kind of like, like jovially tries to like pound the desk with his fist and just like immediately like snaps it like just kind of puts his dent into it I I I will fix this (laughs) (laughs) see that you do see that you do So after everyone disperses from Trinity Municipal Park and goes their own separate ways, uh, Brinley's feeling pretty good. It was a, a successful run. She pleased Hattie and then found out that means pleasing Shimmer, which is just like awesome <laughs> in Brinley's mind. Um, so she's like pretty happy when she uh, heads back to her apartment. Uh, and as you walk in, I think uh, the... The TV is on. I don't know if, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know Brinley's family better than I do, but the the Zerks don't seem like a big TV family. Mm -mm. Um, I feel like they've got one, but it's like, you know, a a little one. It's really out of date. It's maybe even black and white. uh, And it's like, like it's got a... Convex screen, for sure. Yeah. It's got a doily on top of it and a bunch of stuff stacked on top. And like, maybe you have to move stuff out of the way to actually watch it because it's it's used so rarely. Um, but but it is on, uh, although it, it uh, clicks over to mute as you walk in uh, and you hear uh, your dad say, Brinley, is that you? Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, dad? Uh, could, could you come in here a minute? Totally. And you find uh, Arlok Zerk uh, sitting on 
your uh, modest sofa uh, next to his husband, uh, Merrick. Um, and both of them have clearly been watching the TV. Uh, and Arlox looks up at you and says, uh, anything um, interesting happened to you today, Brinley? And he's got a weird vibe. <laughs> uh, I mean, just worked my shift for post host, and that was pretty interesting, I guess. Yeah. Oh, really? In, in, interesting, huh? Do you want to elaborate <laughs> on that maybe a little bit? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> was it that you went to the other tower, Brinley? I was getting to that, Merrick. You I was always building. take a long time, dear. And. Uh, Arlok sighs and hits the volume button on the remote. Or no, there's no remote. He, he reaches over and twists the knob on the TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And it kicks into a broadcast, you know, re-airing and summarizing that press conference from earlier in the in the Lanston Tower, uh, where Gold Star Disaster is clearly visible, returning from their interdimensional intertower run, and says, you know, we've always been uh, supportive of you working your job even even though it you know we were initially worried that it would it would cut into your studies but but you know we, we figured that how much trouble could you get into in a in a proud Lansden institution like post host i mean you, you're supporting Lansden's growth and development as a tower and that's that's the goal that's restoration it's it's all leading towards restoration but but this now we we hear that you've you've gone between worlds and between towers and and you're you're this isn't the first time you've done it how how do you explain all of this young lady uh it was in the name of reconciliation and collaboration <laughs> between the towers honey i know that that seems like a noble goal i i get it i mean you know, we lift each other up, rising tides, but but there are certain people that you just, you can't count on in that way. You can't reason with. The, the ideologies of those other towers are are fundamentally backwards. They're actively working against everything we believe in. You can't, you can't extend that olive branch, honey. They'll just, they'll just throw it back in your face or poke you in the eye with it. I lost track of my metaphor, but... They'll eat the branch, dear. Right, thank you. Thank you, darling. Right, um, I'm sorry? <laughs> oh, it's no problem. I, I mean, um, no, it, right, it is a problem, and you are going to be disciplined. And Arlox kind of looks at Merrick and, like, nods encouragingly, like, right, like we talked about. <laughs> Merrick nods and, and just, like, squeezes your hand uh, encouragingly. We can do this, we can do this. <laughs> Uh, you be strong, be strong, Arlox. Aren't as sorry as you're gonna be because you, young lady, are grounded. I guess. Yep, yep. You're grounded, Bryn. Oh, I mean, you obviously you still have to work your job, and we can't have you um, dishonoring your commitment to to post host. So, uh, but other than leaving for post host, you are ground well, and if you know your studies. Um, but other than those two incidents, well, and I, I guess it's it would be cruel to not allow you a, at least a little bit of a social life. I mean, we, we have to think about your <laughs> overall development. But um, other than work and your studies and uh, occasional social visits to be 
pre-approved by one or both of us. You are grounded, miss. <sighs> Fine. And Arlox just lets out this huge, like, oh, okay, we did, we did it, we did it, we did it. <sighs> you did good. You did good, Lox. <laughs> go, go to your room, I guess. I was going there anyway. Well, <laughs> hurry it up then. <laughs> no more intertower, interdimension shenanigans, and like uh, uh, Merrick uh, says, this final threat as you storm off into your room. And no TV, and he gestures to the television, and and his finger like wipes off a thick layer of dust off the screen as he does. <laughs> uh, tell me about that beat. That was trouble at home. Your family disapproves. How? Why? Do you care? Plus one slam. And pick a teammate who notices. <laughs> the slam is like inconvenienced. <laughs> <laughs> Mildly That's inconvenienced. So Grounded parentheses sort of. <laughs> Grounded question mark in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, who notices? Yeah, I think Maeve would notice just uh, by virtue of like Hey, Bryn, you want to hang out? I'm like, I can't. I'm grounded. <laughs> so many angry emojis. <laughs> I'm assuming Maeve has met your dads at least once and is just so confused. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> what is? What do you, they think grounded is? What do you think grounded is? <laughs> So we find Helix at his desk at the Pinnacle Project. Uh, he's uh, ostensibly just sort of checking in, uh, saying hello to Sequence and all the other members of the Pinnacle Project. Again, just uh, different, super buff, fit, symmetrical, attractive people in a variety of skin tones and genders. Uh, but the one thing they all have in common is that they're uh, tens. <laughs> and he looks just business as usual making small talk uh and he's he's uh opening some mail first of all it was uh his component of the month club i just have an extra style to burn so i'm gonna grow real quick in the lab <laughs> oh a lens okay i uh, didn't really need another lens but here we are take that lens and uh oh he kind of like looks, realizing the next envelope he opens, pulling out this sort of like physical, there's emails here. So when I say mail, it's more like packages and like physical things that have been, have been sent maybe by postos, who knows? Um, but, uh, Helix did have a line on some, uh, interplanar zines, specifically slug blasting zines, specifically slug blasting scenes from Null. Specifically, slug blasting zines from uh, the Hillview region of Null, perhaps uh, an indie little uh, piece of journalism produced by, I don't know, maybe the Hillview Slug Blasting Association, <laughs> um, with bylines from names that he, he doesn't recognize, but um, in the back of this uh, esoteric piece of slug blasting ephemera is uh, a list of recently discovered thin zones uh, either going to or from Vestige to Null. I say to or from because I have to roll for this. I'm rolling Wayfinding. Uh, pick a pick a region. Vestige, pick another region. Null, roll a d6 to see if there's a portal zone connecting them. So, And you roll 2d6 because we have our thing about the, the better thing. That's right. With <laughs> add another d6 for advanced portal tech, you can roll 2d6. Vestige is A, Null is B. Cool. Vestige is A, Null is B. 
Both of them were two. Both die I rolled were two. One way to A. So from null to vestige. Well, that's unhelpful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and so he's going to keep reading down a little bit more. And I'm going to, can I take, oh, no, shit. I shouldn't have spent the style on the goddamn uh, uh, lens of the month club. <laughs> um, can I take two, can I take two crew style to see if we can get a portal going the other way? Yeah. Yeah. I think well, so. I'm, yeah. For, I'm for it. Yeah. Uh, good. He continues to read down uh, the list. Uh, and hopefully there's another. <laughs> there's an- okay. Good. Good. Looks like we can go from, from null to vestige. But man, I really want to get into null. I'd, I'd do anything to, to just, just touch the same grass as the stunts crew. Um, it, it, just, just to, just to be on the same plane of them. It would be really exciting. You know, where it all happened, where it all started. Uh, I got a three and a six. Three is another one way to A, so that probably doesn't help you. But six is two way, but it's two way, but it's a faction secret. Okay. What faction might you know inadvertently tip him off to a two way portal that is a faction secret that he stumbles upon? Did you have a faction in mind? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want to tell you yet. A secret <laughs> to everyone. It's a mystery. As as. Helix thumbs through the magazine. Uh, he stumbles on a page, uh, and we, you know, the camera of our imagination doesn't see what page he stumbles on, but his eyes go wide, uh, and he gasps, uh, and he can reveal this through Lena at a, the time it becomes relevant. <laughs> cool. Perfect. Maeve returns home to the Arborist Temple in Lansden. Uh, she's she's put it off as long as she can. She she spent some time down in Municipal Park, uh, and she she spent some time texting with Brinley about being grounded. But ultimately, she does. It is her home, and she does have to go home. And she knows that it's not gonna be a welcoming environment after what happened today. But she she decides to bite the bullet. Um, she manages to sort of get through the front door and front hallway undetected. She kind of tries to time it out where she can pass through when, when no one's directly there because she really doesn't want to have this conversation. I think she makes it all the way back to her quarters. Uh, Charla's not there because she got busted for smoking, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when was this montage? Maybe that's in the future. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it hasn't happened uh, yet. Yeah. Charla's not around for reasons. Um <laughs> But she gets back to her room and, and she uh, sort of breathes a sigh of relief and flops down, face down on her cot. Um, at which point she hears a, a knocking at her door. And just like, she, she was so close. She almost made it. She grumbles and is like, ah, Tarman, whatever it is, just, just get it over with. I know you're mad and you're going to yell. So just whatever it is, I, I, let's, let's get it all out there and, and let's, let's settle this. What? And she sits up and looks to the door. Uh, but it's not Tarment who's waiting there for her. Yes, Tarment is fulfilling his duties as an arborist elsewhere in the temple. You could learn a lot from him, Maveline, following through on your responsibilities to this organization that has given you safety and support and a place to lay low. Carmina, you're you're here. You're actually here on Operable. You, Oh, God. Is this, are you here because of me? No, I'm here for the fresh air. Of course I'm here for you. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to- No, 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 can it. Can it, sweetheart, all right? I've heard this before. 
All right. Oh, I didn't mean to. Oh, I didn't. Oh, oh, oh. That's, oh, I didn't mean to is what got you into this position. Okay. Me believing that you didn't mean to is why you are here. You're right. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, you're sorry? No, no. Look, like we say on Thanispar, if sorries and oops were uh, Candy Von Toots, then we'd all have a Merry Springsgivings. I thought I had something and then I lost it halfway through, but I had no, to just you, that was perfect. Nope, Don't change no. a thing. <laughs> Springsgiving, the Thanisparsian festival, traditional. Oh my god! Springsgiving. You you just took a Graham Capone quote to the next level. Yeah, you That's sure all. did. Uh, okay, oh back in character. Back in character. Wipe that smirk off your face. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know nothing. I could say can fix this all i can do is try to explain myself i i i didn't know there'd be a media blitz i didn't even know that what was really going on i i I was just trying to spend time with my friends i was trying to have some fun and it it got out of hand but it won't happen again she says very unconvincingly. <laughs> it certainly won't, because frankly, I've I've heard enough of your words. You got plenty of words for folks on TV. If I'm not mistaken, that was the last time you spoke to me was when you were r- randomly caught in a press conference that exposed everything you were doing and brought light to what should be a humble, head-down, solitary practice of spreading the goodwill of the arborists. So, no, your words don't mean much, sorry or otherwise. What are you going to do about it? What actions are you going to do to show me that you are committed to the arborists and not to this slug blasting nonsense? And not to this, pardon me, operablin nonsense? You're here to positively affect them. We are the olive branch of the multiverse, and it is not in our best interest to have arborists, then aspersions, getting corrupted by the unseemly influences that may exist on these planes that we are reaching out to. I'm sorry if that sounds culturally insensitive. I'm sure there's wonderful folks here on Operablum. I'm not trying to disparage their culture. Just please understand it. It's This is not what you're here for. I am committed to the Arborist. I, I swear I am, but I am also committed to my crew, and I'm not going to pretend that I care about this more than them I you know why I'm here you know what my options were you, you know that this opportunity means everything to me but my crew my crew means more well then maybe if that's why you're here you shouldn't be here anymore if I hear any more of this slug blasting gold star disaster and what have you you're coming back to Thenispar and you will be at the mercy of the fullest extent of Thanisparsian law that you should have been the day we found you red four-handed. <laughs> so that's that's all I am to you after after everything. I'm still just that that kid you caught in your temple. Clearly, look at all your actions recently. I thought there was more in you. I thought I could make a good arborist out of you, but clearly it doesn't matter what dimension you're on. You're you're a troublemaker. Fine. I guess you're right. And Maeve stands up from her bunk and kind of storms past 
Carmi that out into the hallway. Maybelline, don't you storm off here. You there's there's nowhere for you to go. It is after curfew, and you're just oh, and she like slams two of her hands on the wall. She's like, just mumbles to herself. I'm ju- I'm just trying to look out for you, kid. Maeve's too far away to hear it. That was the beat last straw. Minus four trouble. Uh, I don't have quite that many, but I'm I'm doing a big scene anyway to clear out what I got. Nuclear war, scorched earth, and words you both regret. Plus one slam. Oh shit! I got. I'm gonna go into the next room with two slams, aren't I? Uh oh! I told you you're coming back. You'll you'll yeah. peel back <laughs> the scar whether you like it or not. Plus one slam and plus one doom. I didn't think this through, but that's okay. Um, what's my slam? Grounded with a period, not a question mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. And the doom. Ultimatum? Yeah, you were kind of given an ultimatum there. Yeah, I like that. And on her way out, I think, you know, she she wants to get out of the temple for a bit. She just got back, but but now that the, you know, she she thought she wanted to rip the band-aid off, but now that she has, it's it's even worse than before. So she's she's going to bail on the temple for a while. Um, but before she does, she sneaks her way into the armory and pockets a couple of silver orbs when she sees that the coast is clear, because she's got an agreement to honor. Uh, she owes Brinley some arborist tech, and she's she's going to provide. It looks like... Some of us still have a little bit of trouble on our sheets. Would we like to do anything at this time to clear some of that extra trouble? Yes. I would like to spend up to five trouble to roll for a challenge. This will determine uh, something a little spicy for our next run. Ooh. Here's an interesting thing. You don't roll the challenge. I do. Uh oh. The GM rolls 1d6, then if they want, adds plus one if rivals are worse with five or more factions. Uh, you're rivals with two factions right now, so I can't take that plus one. Plus one if enemies with one or more factions. You don't have any enemies. Plus one for being up and comers or higher. Ooh la la. Plus one for being rising stars or higher. Okay. Um, okay, I rolled a six. I'm going to add one to make it a seven. And I'm going to give you the challenge of called out. A faction publicly challenges you to a plus three bite run. Accept or displease two crowds. With that, I think I'd like to go to our final scene of the episode. Web Corporation Mega Tower is in a panic as two men seem to casually, easily bypass their security, making their way to floor five. One of them is a lanky, wild-eyed looking man with a big beard. And the other one behind him has too many scars and is holding a camcorder and following him along as they're making their way down the hallways. There's also a a small crew with them, um, and they're wheeling something along, which I will explain in a moment, but we cut to the camera view as it's following 
Mogi Jacksonville of stunts. Mogi Jacksonville here with uh, the crew. We are here in Opera Ablum because we hear that there's a big fan of us who's been into all sorts of stuff and we are gonna do something big with them. All right, come on, I think this is, is this, a, is this the one chart? Yeah, 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 I think this is a, yeah, I think this is the one, Mogi. Okay. Yeah. Come on, open up! Uh, Helix presses uh, a button, it slide, you know, a door slides open. Uh, he's in his, he's in his pajamas, which is just like, bought bicycle shorts and his fucking ripped abs and his, his, his muscles, his hair's kind of messed up and he's sleeping his eyes like, what, what? Do you know what shift it is? And before you have a chance to process what happens, Helix, you get hit by this big, heavy force and thrown back. And <laughs> you collect yourself and look, and you see that a giant boot has mm. kicked you across the room. And uh, from behind the camera, Shark goes, hey, you just got stunt punted. <laughs> you got stunt punted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the thing, buddy. I, I know you've been watching a lot of our shows. We got we got some really good uh, uh, research crews. We know you're a big fan of the show, so we want you, Helix. Come on and take on our challenge. You got it, bud? Huh? Yes. Yes. And then he he just, he, just uh, he not taps you. He just like bam. Just oh, like, right <laughs> in. Oh, oh. Oh, I, I am in a lot of discomfort and joy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's next on Stunts. Stunts.